All right, but we're going to go to MotoGP where I think the story of the weekend is that Darren Bender got a top 10. <laughs> Just, Are you just wanting to get it out of the way now? I mean, yeah, you kinda absolutely. Like you, you kind of attacked it. You instead of waiting on me to, so I feel like you're trying yeah, to get the no, upper. You I, knew I, it was going to happen. Oh, it had to happen because of my. I was very outspoken about my <laughs> disagreement that Bender in there. Now, listen, I will. Didn't I will I send say you that, a link to an Amazon outfit that I said that I was going to buy for you. If no, no, no. The the bet was Darren Bender had to finish in the top ten in the championship, not finish top ten ever. So first of no, all, no, I don't that. think yes. so. I don't oh, think we, so. There's, I there's, think it was top ten in a race. There's audio evidence, Bo. I don't there's think it was top ten in the championship. Well, then go back and it find the, it. I think it was the race. I think it was in a race Listen, this season. It was not a race. I said in the championship, he'll never finish in the top ten in the championship. And I will, if you can prove me wrong by finding the recording, by all means, shoot me that link. But, um. Darren Bender did a great job, but you know, let's talk about the the race itself. Miguel Oliveira wins it. Fabio Quartararo finishes second. Yoan Zarco finishes third. Right off the top, did you see that lightning strike on the circuit? The film of that? I did not. Oh my gosh. When that did it was happen? so cool. When did it, it was while they were waiting, they were, you know, delayed the race. And there was a lightning bolt that flat out the camera caught it, hit the circuit. It was crazy. Nice. It was crazy. So evidently they fixed the track. The lightning hit the circuit. Track was good. Um, but uh, so they shortened this race uh, because of track conditions and weather conditions. It was super wet. Uh, but, you know, Miguel Oliveira wins that race and did it dominantly. Um, it feels like KTM may have found the solution for Miguel or, or something, maybe for Bender too. We don't know because his ride height device was broken the entire race. Uh, which, come on, seriously. Um, but he, but he still managed to finish in eighth place. That dude's a legend. That's all I'm saying. That yeah. dude's a legend. Um, but Miguel Oliveira, the day belonged to him. Phenomenal, phenomenal race. Pretty much the whole race at the front. Uh, did you see anything that makes you think this was just a one-off for Miguel Oliveira? Now, it was wet, and he hasn't had that pace in the dry. So that was mine. Like, well, let's see it in the dry, and I'll believe it. But, man, in the wet, he looked he looked phenomenal. Well, I mean, Miguel Oliveira's won races in, in multiple conditions now. He's won in the dry and also in the wet, you know, in different tracks. Yep. So uh, yep. I think that Miguel Oliveira, I think he made a comment in the week, uh, earlier in the week, that said that he had the talent to be a championship contender. Um and he had the same talent that Joanne Mir and Fabio Cordero did. He said that he just it took him longer to get there, and he thinks that uh, you know that that it's just taken him a while to get to the same level. But he feels that he's on the same riding level that they are now, um, which is a big statement to make. You're ta you know you're comparing yourself to present ch world champions, and you know and people that have won the title. Um, but I I think that this was a, a step in backing that up. Um. I think that Simon Crayford actually mentioned all uh, during the weekend that the, the KTM is currently a bike that does do well in low grip conditions, um, at which you know Miguel Oliveira proved I that. I wonder why point, that is. You know? yeah. um, but uh, I, I honestly, well, 
I like Miguel Oliveira. I, I, I enjoyed watching him ride in Moto2. I enjoyed watching his, 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 he and Brad Bender go back and forth in Moto2. I enjoy that, you know, there's, I feel like there's going to be a rivalry coming in that KTM factory team soon um, between the two of those guys because they're both phenomenal riders and the bike is, is finally starting to turn a corner, I think, and it's starting to become a very competitive motorcycle and they're figuring it out as the weekend goes, I think on how to get it to go fast. Um, right. It, you know, Qatar, I think, I think we kind of thought Qatar might've been a fluke for Brad Bender because everyone else on the KTMs didn't do so hot. But, um, this weekend, you know, Brad Bender's a Sunday man, but Miguel Oliveira is the one that pulled it out this weekend. Yep, what about absolutely. you? What are you thinking? Well, I, I'm very curious if, if both Bender and Oliveira had been able to have fully functioning motorcycles, I've been very curious to see where Bender finished because, you know, finishing eighth in MotoGP is no easy feat. Finishing eighth in the rain is great. Finishing eighth in the rain with a broken motorcycle. (laughs) Get (laughs) out of here, man. I mean, that's amazing. So I, I think that maybe KTM has found their footing and now they, you know, they were lost most of last year. Let's be honest, right? Like they, they were struggling, um, but they did not back off from that challenge. And, and I've mentioned this before that the announcers that go to the race that I listen to this podcast, they were like the sheer volume of boxes of parts that were in the garages for KTM. They could barely walk in there. Because they were like, you know what? We're going to try every single thing we can think of. And I love that. I love it. Don't just try something. It didn't work. Okay, we'll try something next year. Full send in the engineering department. We're having this problem. Figure it out. Fix it. And that's really contrasting when you think about other manufacturers. Um, very much. Uh, you know, like Yamaha, for instance. Yamaha Ooh. thinks that, uh, you know, well, we've produced the, a good machine. We don't need to change the engine anymore. You just need to figure out how to ride it, you know. And, and almost the same with Ducati. You know, we go back to the olden days, uh, you know, like um, with Casey Stoner, that Casey Stoner would tell him, hey, you need to do this to the bike. This is what needs to be done. Ducati is is known for their evolution and their their innovation and and R and D department, but at the end of the day, they're very proud of what they produce and they don't seem to think that what they produce can have a flaw when it when it just might right. you know. And Pecco Benyai and uh, they're flat out showing them this year that hey, the, the, what you you've not given us the best package. Now, with that said, you know two GP twenty twos were inside the top five and Johan Zarco and Jack Miller. And um and Pecco Benyai was a little bit further down the order though in oh in fifteen. No, he was in fifteenth. Yeah, you know, he's, he, he had some him. sort of problem. I don't know what it was, but he never like. Did you see him almost lose it when he was breaking right there? Yeah, he lost the, he, the I, same spot that the front, uh, yeah. Jorge Martin did. Jorge Martin yep. just didn't make it out. So yeah. right, so that you know, for him, I think at that point he was like, oh, screw this. <laughs> I'm not, you know, yeah, it's a I'm long done. season. Like, he's smart. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what he's got his. Let eye me get on. my point. Let me keep my health. Let's keep going. Let's get this bike right. Because in the dry, he was incredibly fast. Yeah. He had yeah. a great race pace. So I think I think for him, he was like, you know what? This is one race. I'm not going to do something dumb trying to catch a couple of points. Let's get to the get to the races back in Europe where it's dry, where the majority of the season is, and keep going. But yeah, you're right. right. There were two GP22s in the top five. Um, and now, now with all that said about R&D, you know, and kind of taking a stab at Yamaha, I'm going to be flat out honest that I am absolutely impressed that the Yamahas did this well in a in a wet and mixed race mixed condition race 
I did well, not they had three this. in the top ten, but one of them wasn't this year's bike. But yeah, yeah. Franco and Quartararo are both in the top ten. So that's a, a big step up from where they were last year. In right? the wet, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, in, absolutely. In wet, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I felt like watching the race, the second half of the race, Fabio was on fire. He was super fast. Once he figured out he had grip and he had a good feeling, yep. he was super fast. But so was Zarco. Zarco yeah, was coming, Yeah, man. he was moving. And I expected Ooh. a lot more out of Jack Miller. I, I really, really did. But uh, I was. I, I bet the farm that Jack Miller was going to – when I saw that it was going to be a wet race, I was so happy for my fantasy team. And I, I knew that Jack Miller was going to be up front. I had absolute faith that Jack Miller was going to win this race, and he let me down. Well, over here on Team Dumpster Fire, we have <laughs> I have my second rider that hasn't finished a race yet, and my other guy has one point for two races. So you know, it is just it's just a phenomenal year in fantasy for me in old Team Dumpster Fire. But but I I really think um, Zarco has always been good in the wet, right? Yeah, He's yeah. always good in the wet. His pace at the second half of that race, he would two more laps. If they would have not shortened that race, Zarco catches Quartararo one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, he was he was cutting him by half a second a lap, um, but it wasn't to be. He he finished third. It's still a great result for Johan, especially after the disappointment in Qatar for him. You know, he ended up riding pretty well in the race, but he didn't do what he want, wanted to do. Um, he he looks. He's such a good rider. I, I don't know why anybody would say his seat's in jeopardy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand that at all. I heard that a couple of times from some of the folks over the weekend. They're like, oh, maybe there's some rumblings that maybe Johan Zarco's the one to go. Listen, Zarco finishes races. I know Martin's extraordinarily talented, but finish a race. Now, the yeah, first well, race wasn't his fault. Right, the second right, race was yeah. his fault. But he has a history of crashing, and we know that. He's crashed a lot on his own, including... Uh, and I guess I'll just get into this now. So they removed the dubbing from MotoGP Unlimited. After they removed that, I actually enjoyed it. I apologize for my rant earlier, but I couldn't <laughs> get past the dubbing because I simply could not take it. I heard Amazon I removed it because of our podcast, by the way. Well, I heard Amazon removed it because some dude in South Carolina was so irritated that he went on a podcast and ranted on it about five minutes. But once they removed the dubbing and I actually got the voice of the writer with, I was, it was completely different. It's more immersive. Yeah. It's much more immersive that way. I could not, I couldn't be immersed in it when they were doing, like I I did the example of Valentina Rossi. You and I both know what Valentina Rossi sounded like. Yeah. That was not it. He does not sound, that was not it. And so as soon as that happened, we're like, well, this is fake. This is stupid. Yeah. And I was, and I lost interest, but. They took it off. They heard it wasn't just me. They heard the social <laughs> right, media right. outcry. They heard it. And I'm going to say they really did a pretty decent job for year one, especially. So all credit to them for hearing us, doing it, making it right. I'm sure if they're filming it now, it'll be even better next year. And I'm excited for it. So great. Um, but, you know, the thing with Ducati is, is that, you know, you have to finish races. You do. With any manufacturer in MotoGP, you have to finish races, and Jorge Martin has got to stop crashing. Um, now, in that crash, that big crash he had last year at Portimao, he hit the ground with three times over 25 Gs. That's what I was going to say, like 25 G or 26 G. I One think of them was 26 and a half. 
that is that's unfathomable to me. That is unfathomable to me. I, I that is so hard. Um, that's a testament to the safety gear that he's alive. Yeah. What do you think so, mine was? Like two G, probably two, three. Maybe. No, yours was hard. Yours was really hard. <laughs> yours, yours was hard. You, you were up there. You just didn't have the same level of fa- of equipment. And let's not forget, you're a little larger than Jorge Martin. Uh, I have more. So inertia, I do have more inertia, but he was moving that, a little quicker. <laughs> no, he was going faster, way. but you're just bigger. Yeah, your inertia was bigger. Um, but I think, uh, and let's be honest, he's a very highly uh, tuned athlete. Like oh, they course. are, these guys work out. They're 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 in shape. Like uh, their bodies are 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 ready for the work. Whereas you and I, we're we're smashing cookies and hot dogs. <laughs> And going out there after down, you know. So that's because I we're hot blooded Americans, though. That has nothing red, to do with anything else. No, it's not. It's not hot blood. It's cholesterol blooded. That's what we are. Constricted blooded. That's right. We're arteriosis blooded. Um, but I, I think, I, I think you know, Zarco has done a phenomenal job the last couple of years. I think the fact that he didn't win races kind of overshadowed what he's accomplished. He did great. Um, you're right about Jack Miller. And he went on social media talking about he's tired of being dicked around about a contract. Buddy, you haven't Finish earned it. Yeah, you've got to you earn ha- your seat. I mean, you can only be a good teammate for so long to Pekka Benyaya until you have to actually take the reins. Now, Pekka Benyaya right. was in the back of the pack. You were the you were the flagship bike for the Lenovo Ducati team this 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 race. Go win yep. the race. You know, and you I had mean, you had it. You were out there. You had a chance. And you didn't do it. And then you got mad at Quartararo because he passed you. Yeah, I, I saw that comment. You know, listen, this is what happens. Like, Jack's a fun dude. He loves a good time. He's feeling the pressure. And he should feel the pressure because there's because there's a guy on a Ducati right now that's turning heads over at Factory Ducati. You know, that guy, though, on that Ducati really had a, a an odd race. Um, Second half of the race, he was great, but he had yeah. no feeling in the beginning of the race. Again, that's Anea Bastianini. Of course, he finishes 11th, which um, was disappointing for him, I'm sure. But his second half race pace was incredible. But I think there was some issue with the feeling in the wet. Here's my thing. I think they'll figure that out. I don't. He'd not been on that bike in the wet before. And so he, I think it that's took what him it was, half a race he didn't to figure know that it out. He, he didn't know how far he could really push in it so he just he yeah. spent that first part of the race getting getting used to it and finding that feeling um you know and you made the comment about uh you know zarco catching quadraro if there was a few more laps yeah. honestly if there were a few more laps darren bender wouldn't have been in the top 10 i don't think um darren you know, bender I, wouldn't have been in the top 10 as a matter of fact i don't think brad bender would have been an eight i think i think anaya bastianini would have caught all of them because they were all less than a second ahead of him. Well, they were all fighting, too. You know, I mean, Alicia yeah. Spargo and Brad Bender and even Darren, they threw passes back and forth. I think Darren Bender was actually up to eighth position at one point. Um, he was. You know, he and was. I was I was excited, and I was scared to death to see that name start tumbling. I knew it was going to happen. Um, but, uh, well, but I, I, same with Luca Marini. I mean, Luca Marini, I yeah. think, was in eighth place at some point, and then he tumbled all the way back down to 14th by the end of the race. So Well, he ran off. He did run off, but he uh, did finish okay. the race. Right. right. Yeah, so, you know, so again... Um, I, I'm not going to hold this against Bastianini a whole lot. Uh, if if he starts finishing like this in regular, we're like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. We saw in the second half of the race, whatever he figured out, 
he was blinding fast. Like they made the comment, like he's as fast as the leader at this point in the race with like six laps to go. And uh, so he just had to figure out the first half of that race. Maybe it was an electronic setting. Maybe it was to your point. He didn't know how he, hard he could push it. Who knows what it was? But to be honest, to figure it out in half a race, not so yeah, bad. And, yeah, and to not get caught up in the mental, you, you know, that, oh, my gosh, you know, this is doom and gloom. I'm not sure what's going to happen. You, you and know, do he, something dumb and throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, like you said, he finished the race. That, that's a huge – and he got he points. So, I mean, that's He's still very, leading the championship. Yeah, that – well, yeah, I mean, because he finished, he finished ahead of Hole Spargo, so, um, you know, and then and it was fairly <laughs> close to Brad Bender. But um, um, Honda, tough weekend for Honda since we ta- mentioned Pole. Listen, I, I took away Team Scooby-Doo just way too fast. I did. I, I gave it to him after the first race, and I did. I, I they, they didn't have a bike that was worth anything all weekend. Um, and now that we're speaking about Honda – well, before we do that, real quick, let's give a shout out to Alex Renz for finishing another race. Woohoo, go Renz! I mean, a top five in those conditions. You know, I got rid of him on solid. my fantasy team too. I was so upset. <laughs> I love that Renz kills you in fantasy every year. I love that you talk I, I go, about him I go and still out, pick him. I go out on a limb, I pick the guy. I'm like, you know what? I, then I then would never this. put him on my team if and I were I got, you. That's a surefire crash. Then I get rid of him, and then he finishes better than a couple of my riders. I had I've, <laughs> I traded him for Franco. I mean, come on. Well, you know, and Franco didn't have a terrible race. Franco's still working his way back. He's doing all right. The Suzukis are being solid right now. I, I think Europe, again, I keep saying yep, Europe. Yep, I, yep. That's, to me, when they get back to Europe, that's when we'll see whose bike is really the best at this point. Um, I think Suzuki will be right up there. Um, but Honda... I think the thing we all want to talk about is this crash that Mark Marquez had in the warm-up. Oh. Uh, and folks, if you didn't, um, if you did not see this crash, um, and you've, all, I mean, I'm surely you've seen it now on social media. I'm sure it's all over the place. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Um, but go take the time and go back and watch, you know, free practice or excuse me, warm-up the Sunday warm-up before the race. And this crash is one of, if not the scariest high side i think i have ever seen i uh, it is it is yeah since jorge lorenzo's um, in china the crash uh, you did you ever see that one i don't know i don't i do not remember that's a long it was a long time ago yeah if you can find that high side that one was nasty um but when i saw that i was watching it and when it happened and i i gasped and my wife's like what's wrong with you and I said, "Watch this!" And I rewound it. She went, "Oh my god!" Oh, Ange, um, uh, Ange got upset like, when we watched it because we kept hearing, you know, they were going to, um, you know, that he wasn't going to race, and and we were yeah. waiting, waiting on, you know, possibly a a crash in the race. But then when they announced, you know, um, that that he wasn't going to be racing because he had a, the high had the the issue in high in warm up during the uh, yeah. red flag, we went back and watched it, and uh, I mean it, and that was scary. I I don't. Okay, here's the thing, and this is what I've talked about with Mark Marquez the whole time. Mark Marquez, undoubtedly, is a legend of the sport. Is undoubtedly one of the most talented, if not the most talented rider that's ever thrown a legger a leg over a MotoGP bike. 
But my gosh, man, you have got to stop. That was his fourth crash of the weekend. And regardless of the reason, you can't keep doing it that way. Three crashes in a weekend, again, regardless of the reason, means back up. And 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 I get why he didn't, because he's Mark Marquez, and that's what makes him great. But that's going to kill him. Yeah, that's also what's going to end his career. And he's got, I, I don't know, he's got, so he's got diplopia again. We mm-hmm. know that. He missed the race because of the concussion protocols they have in place. Thank goodness they did that, because what if diplopia would have come in during the race? Because it came after when he was on his way home. Yeah, and so, and so and with this race already having compromised, you know, visibility with the spray off the other bikes, with the rain, it, it's really hard to know if he would have been able to have differentiated, you know, what, you it, know, during the been, race, what would have going on, you know, what was going on. It could have it could have injured him or someone else tremendously, and and so yeah. I, really scary, but. He didn't have any other injuries somehow besides bruises, but I don't know if it's not time for someone else to make this decision for him. Because, like I said, it's not just the fact that he high-sided and it was nasty because that's happened to other riders. And, you know, it was like a 500cc high-side is what everybody talked about. Yeah. And they're right. If you've gone back and seen some of Kevin Schwantz and Wayne Rainey's high-sides and, 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 and Mick Dewan... Uh, they had some gnarly, gnarly high sides on those 500 cc's. But this was the fourth crash of a weekend. That bike had been letting you know all weekend you were pushing too hard. Yeah, I think, and, this and he was, just kept going. He just yeah. wouldn't stop. And and that to me is the scariest part. It's what made Mark great: his refusal to stop pushing, his refusal to be slow, his refusal to be to allow Second, other riders yeah. to be ahead of him. But but at this point, you're 29 years old, and you hit your head pretty hard. It looked like he was out for a moment while he was. Oh, tumbling. he didn't have a yeah. I mean, and when what, he got up, he had no clue where. Yeah, he, he was. didn't know where he was. He didn't know what day of the week it was. I mean, it, it was. And, and now that you've got diplopia, when you hit your head, and I said this, it feels like it's going to happen every time he hits his head. Well, he he sure did hit his head, and he hit it hard. And the fact that he was able to walk away is amazing. But the fact that he has diplopia, even though they're like, oh, it's not as serious. Well, it was two and a half months last time. How long is it this time? A month? Now he's missed three or four races. The championship's over. And if he goes out there and does it again, because he's he can't, I don't think he has it in him to finish fifth and be like, well, you know, it's the best I could do. Yeah. I, I just don't believe it. No, That's I, not who Mark is. I and, think Mark Marquez proved whatever he had to prove last year um, when he came back and won Saxon ring, quite honestly. I, I don't, I, I think. That, and Coda and Mazzano. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't. My, my man, you have won eight world championships. Yeah. It's you okay. Are a, you're, yeah, you're, you're an FIM legend as soon as you can be. There's no question that's going to happen. And, 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 and still, you know, even if he retires, not a champion, uh, there's, to me, there's, He'll it's always so be a world champion. Difficult. You mean a current well, year well, champion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, what a, he'll yeah, always current. be a champion. What, what, what I'm getting at though is, it's hard for me to realistically argue that there has ever been a talent 
like Mark Marquez that has come through. And we've talked about this before. You know, obviously Val- yeah. Valentino Rossi was the character, right? Um, you know, yeah. he had talent yep. to go with yep. that. You know, he had such a dominance to as well. But he had the charisma and, and he had the crowd teasing and, and he, he transcended the sport. Marquez's talent transcend, uh, transcended everything. And, it, you know, I saw some of the comments that Alberto Puj had made in the, in the uh, press this week about, you know, the tires – um, and, and kind of pointed blame to the tire a little bit and that they were going to talk to Michelin about what happened. Um, but I, I think that that was a deflection at some point uh, from Alberto Puj because you, you can't be Alberto Puj and know that you consistently gave Mark Marquez the best package that you could have delivered to him as a Honda rider. Um, and you can't go to sleep at night, I think, knowing that you did everything that you could to develop that bike. We've clearly seen it because of the drastic change in direction that they've gone um, in the development of the new RCV, uh, RC213. So uh, to me, there's a lot of responsibility, I think, on Honda's shoulders. But equally, there's enough responsibility on Marquez's shoulders to be able to say to yourself, I, I, I am a human. That it, it, when you put on a helmet, you're not a superhero. You you can't, you're not impervious to, to these injuries. You're not impervious to mortality. No, you're not. I know when I was in my 20s, I felt like I was. I totally get that feeling. Um, and for these guys, I totally get it. I, I 100% get it. I, but I point to Valentino Rossi as an example. Valentino Rossi in the last four years of his career was not willing to push it to the limit that Marquez was. Right. He knew that he knew the cost would be too great physically um, and maybe for the rest of his life. And so, yes, he was not competitive the last four years, but you know what he was? He was still the heartbeat of the sport and people still loved him. And I think Mark could take a lesson from that, but I just don't know that Mark can do what Valentino did because Mark is a win at all costs guy. Like that's the only thing he knows. Mm -hmm. He has said repeatedly, if I can't win, I won't be here. If I don't think I can win. The problem with that statement is Mark is always going to think he can win. Yes, he's always going to think that, yes. And And so I... What physically happens on the bike is not what he thinks is going to happen. And Alberto Pusch and Honda really need to sit and think is, as much as it'll hurt us, is it time for us to say to Mark... Mark, you have got to stop. You're going, you're going to ruin the last 40, 50 years of your life if you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to because you can't hit your head over and over and over, and you can't damage the nerve, the fourth cranial nerve, over and over and over, and it'll just keep healing, and you'll be back because you're 29 now. When that clock goes past 30... Speaking from experience, things don't heal as easily. Lots of stuff they, changes. <laughs> lots of stuff changes. <laughs> and I don't, I have no design. I, I am, there's nothing I would love more than to see Mark and Fabio and Francesco Bagnaia and Joan Mir yep. fighting like dogs at the front of races and turning it into people pointing fingers and screaming at each other and not even shaking hands and there's nothing I would want more because I know that Mark in that situation would thrive. But Mark Mark is 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 perilously close to me from making it a permanent problem for him. And that's 
that's no good. You you don't want that. I mean, we don't want a, Rain, a Wayne Rainey situation happening. No, not at all. And I, and I think that you know you would agree with me that that was uh, that happened far before Wayne Rainey should have uh, ever saw his prime. I, I mean, it. Yep. You know, and, yep. and Kevin, it was enough that it it was enough to cause Kevin Schwantz to say, you know what, this is it. I, I, I'm going to walk I'm a away. Champion. I'm, a, I'm yeah. done. You know, let's just go ahead and call it, and and that it is what it is. And now, you know, uh, Kevin Schwantz is, you know, and he's thriving himself. You know, he's not not racing anymore, obviously, but you know, he's still kicking. He's still around. He's still having fun. Um, you know, and living. He can his still life. be around the motorcycle yeah, world, and I and I think he can still he, be a brand ambassador. He can yep. still be involved in MotoGP, and I get it. I I know that what we're saying is foreign to him because he's a racer. He's always been a racer. He's always been the best. But Father Time waits for no one, and it, it, he's undefeated, man. And right now, you are putting a lot of miles on your body, and you're writing checks that I don't know that you can cash. And it's it's I is it. I'm a self-professed, not a huge Marquez fan. I right, recognize right. the talent, but I don't want to see him crash and not get up. I don't want to see that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I would rather him go do something else and me always sneering at him, like whatever, Mark Marquez. But I, I, I wouldn't do that. But I, I just what I'd rather. I, when I saw him crash that way after his three other crashes in the weekend, I'm like, this dude can't stop. He just can't, and now he's going to miss races, and he's going to have another weekend like this where he's going to crash. It might not be a four-crash weekend, but there's going to be a moment where he's like, all right, it's time to go. i got to make Q2. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. i got to get out of Q1. i gotta, I got to go. We don't have the greatest grip, but that's fine. I'm just going to send it. I can do it. No. No, man. You can't do it. Not anymore. And the bike may, may be part of the problem, but... I would much rather you stick around and and be grabbing the occasional win and finishing in the top, top six, ten. five, yeah, top, top ten. ten, and finishing in the top five of the championship and see you there because you are a great talent. Because he's still, even but, at that level, you know, which is still tip of the spear, even at that point, he is still going to be able to develop the next generation of MotoGP rider. He's still exactly. going to, you know, be fighting at with the 90%, Brad Benders. At 90%, Marquez is yeah. better than 99.9% of the professional riders out there, I believe. Yep. Like at night, I mean, I, I, if he would just dial it back to 85, 90, he could race 10 more years, still win probably 30, 40 more races and maybe not win a championship, but walk away from but the sport really and have your health. everyone else in the paddock too. And, exactly. And he's going to exactly. continue to elevate the and sport. Push the That's sport all he's forward. done. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You're right, Bo. You're right. I mean, whew. I mean that man. That crash was that was gnarly. It was rough. That was uh, I. I I'm with you. Like I didn't get upset, but I was like, oh, like I. You know, you you know what I mean. Like when you see something, you kind of get that queasy feeling oh, in yeah, your stomach. Yeah. Oh I'm yeah. Like, I mean, like, oh. like I said, Ainge got Ainge got a little bit upset. I just kind of stared there, and my my jaw hit the floor, and I I put my hands on my head, and I'm just. You know, it took my breath away watching. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's yeah, that's yeah. right. But you know, well. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about something else because yeah. I got a ride next week and I'm not trying to hear about this. Um, well, I mean, let's talk about getting around stellar... the track slow like we normally do, right? So, right, so right, someone right, right. who did get around the track and finish the race, albeit slow, Maverick Vinales 
Hey, what a, what a ride. All right. What a ride. Yeah, what a ride by the guy from Raprilia who was, uh, was, you know, just anxious to get out and show his talents, get out from under the Yamaha Moving. thumb. And, I mean, he was... He was really showing out out there. I mean, all weekend he was super fast. Um, you know, he was only, what, a second and a half off the pace in the dry or whatever <laughs> it was. Um, look, all I need to say to Maverick Vinales is Darren Bender smashed you. <laughs> um, he he literally smashed you. I mean, at this point, Darren Bender's kind of proven that, you know, he can, he can pull out some decent rides on a day. Um, but... I, I wanted to, so one of the things that I, I, <laughs> you I wanted to tell it? you about, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to word what I want to say about Maverick Vinales. Maverick Vinales is a race winner. Maverick Vinales has been a title contender when he was with Yamaha, like every year. It was Maverick's year. It was Maverick's year. Um, Maverick Vinales in the fastest practice, which I believe was FP2 for Moto MotoGP as well, um, 0.7 off the lead pace. Now, that put him in 13th. That was dry. In the dry, Darren Bender was 1.4 seconds off the pace. Now, Luca Marini was the only guy slower than Darren Bender, but Luca Marini on the previous testing at that track was on one day the fastest rider. So the, there is a ton going on here with the new surface and the tires that Michelin brought. Yeah. And, the, and and so I think t Michelin may have made some miscalculations. Uh, the surface wasn't great. This was a recipe for some craziness to happen, and it did. But all that needs to be said to Maverick is maybe Darren Bender should have your seat because, you know, you're just hot garbage right now. Like, everybody was hot in Indonesia, but you were hot garbage. And you came in yelling at your team. I saw it. You were so upset at your team. You were so mad. Classic nah, Vinales. I told you, it won't take long. Vinales will ride this contract out this year. He will screw it up. And World Superbike? Maybe Darren... Hey, World Superbike. Darren Bender will get his seat. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think... Uh, <laughs> Listen, if Darren Bender is finishing in the top 10 when they're in Europe running the dry races, I'm going to eat my crow. I'll say it. I'll say it. But I saw I saw some other comments about Darren Bender's performance. I think someone said it was sketchy passing him. I can't remember who what rider it was now off the top of my head. No, it's it probably look, Alish, Darren Bender but, look it they it, it was no, it wasn't Alish. It was uh it was it wasn't Brad either. But <laughs> um the thing about Darren is that Darren, the problems he was having in Moto3 were because of his um, lack of consistency in his uh, mode, his methods, right? Like he would just Controlled do whatever he thought yeah. he could do. Yeah, so he would he would just try to break later, like whatever. I'm just going to try to break later. No way I can make it, but I'm going to try. Um, you can't really ride a GP bike like that. So I will give him credit in saying that he has learned that you can't do that. But what he is not doing... Um, and I feel like you can see this because of the dry race times or the dry lap times. He is very inconsistent yeah, on yep. the line. And that that's why he's he's 1.4 seconds behind them on the dry race time. And, and when you are very inconsistent, but you are in the mix, these guys aren't used to that. And that's 
Is, is it really on Darren? Is it on them? I don't know. But it's I can both. tell you. I mean, it takes two to tango. But I can. Somebody, but I right? can tell you at a hundred plus miles an hour, a guy that you don't know what he's going to do. He's going to make you nervous. Yeah, it makes you nervous, and you don't maybe take the pass to do what you would have done against a uh, even a Lacia Spargro or a Pola Spargro or a Joan Mir. You you would yeah. you would stick it up in there because you know. They're going to be okay, but this dude, you have no clue. And yeah, I mean, we see we see that all the way down into our level, right? Our even track day level. You know, I feel, yeah. you know, say if I'm riding around with you or J J one, I know what you guys are going to do. I feel like you know that we've ridden around. You've kind of drilled. We've drilled enough with each other. You know, we know we know each other's tendencies. We know what's going to happen. Right. We know where we're going. You know, right. and and we're not. We trust each other to a point, and that he hasn't built that trust right. up with these guys. No, yet. and he may, he may do it, but I, I think that the there's the second. I also saw that article, and I thought this makes sense to me because it's why his lap times are so much slower in the dry. It's his inconsistent lines, like he's not breaking at the same place every time. He's the guy that said, "I don't really have brake markers," you know. Yeah, and, and I think at this level, you kind of have to get there. You have to be a metronome. yeah. You've got to be a little and, yeah. Right. So. We'll see. I mean, look, I, I will I will do that. We, if if Darren Bender consistently finishes in the top 10, but I, I feel like the lap times show me that he will not in the dry. He just won't. Now, if he improves them by half a second or half of that time by 0.7 of a second, hey, that guy might be there. And I might be, have to say, you know what? I was wrong about Bender. But I think we're still way early in the season. Yeah, I don't think it's going to ha- I don't think you're going to get to that point this season. And also, I think Remy Gardner, they're pointing to Remy Gardner and Raul Fernandez, and he's beating them. He's doing this. Hold on. We know that that KTM bike was a dumpster fire in testing. Mm-hmm. They have figured something out. Let's wait for that to trickle down to Tech 3. Because Absolutely. if it does, I think that, that – I and I think you may see it in Argentina, and you might see it in Coda. You know, the, the, the technology, they're like, okay, guys, well, here you go. Here's something. We will know if Raul Fernandez or Remy Gardner suddenly are in 12th and 10th or 8th and 10th. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. if they're suddenly there, we know that the technology that KTM has figured out works or the settings that work for their factory team, they know they've shared that with the Tech 3 team. Now, I don't know what their arrangement is, but we'll see. I'm interested to see how Raul Fernandez is going to do in Argentina because he's. I think this is going to be his first trip there on a big bike. Um, he, you know, he didn't yeah. get there on a Moto Two bike, and I'm not sure if he even got uh, rode there on a Moto Three bike. How many years was he in Moto Three? Well, he he didn't ride there last year. They no, rode they didn't Argentina ri- last year. They didn't go to Argentina they, last year. They did didn't they? go to Indonesia. I thought they, they went didn't to go Argentina. to Argentina. Oh, they didn't go to Argentina. I don't think so. Oh, you're right because I'm thinking that that we went to Coda, so why wouldn't they? But they went to Coda in October. You're right. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So yeah. So this is a different, a different feeling for him. He never got to ride it on the Moto Two bike. So he's he's basically learning a track because everything's different on the big bike, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he knows where it goes. He just didn't know where to pull those anchors out. Um, yeah, that will be interesting to see. I, I think you're right. But as long as Luca Marini keeps beating Maverick Vinales, I'll keep laughing about it. Um, so. We got a little bit of time left. What are you looking for in Argentina? What are your predictions? Are, are, is Ducati going to return? Are we going to see Bagnaya back up at the front? Uh, what do you got? Well, I mean, so Argentina's always got the tendency to, in the the chance to be a wet race too. Uh, you know, it's also a humid area. Um, Cue the music. Bit, 
dirty, <laughs> dirty traffic, um, or dirty track a little bit. So, you know, Jack Miller, um, I, I want to see Jack Miller be strong, but if it's a dry race, I'm looking for Yamaha and Suzuki to really be strong this weekend. Personally. Uh, it's a flat, it's a fast flowy track. It's similar to kind of the, the Mandalika layout, you know, it's got some fast direction changes, um, some really big fast sweepers. And I think that's really going to speak to the, the Yamaha corner speed and also the, the, and this new powerhouse of a Suzuki. Um, so, I mean, if it's dry, I'm thinking maybe Joanne Mir, Alex Renz could show out. What about you? So I like your pick with the Suzuki. I, I think Francesco Bagnaia will be back. I think he'll be back, you know, at the pointy end. Will he win? I don't know. But I think he'll at least be competitive. Um, I'm looking to see Jorge Martin. I need to see him finish a race. I need to see him. We know he's blistering fast on a, a one-lap qualifying. Uh, we know he's got speed. We know he's got talent. But none of that matters if you don't finish races. Um, so I need him to finish the race and do, and do some things, but that's really my thing. And I want to see what Anaya Bastianini does. Uh, if he can stay close at the beginning of the race, I think you can write it down. Dude's going to win it. You know, if, if he, the yeah. first 10 laps, if he's, if he's in the top five and they're in a group and he's even at the back of that group, even a second behind the leader, second and a half, the second half of the race, he's always fast. And I think he can... I think he could win it. So I, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm ready to see it, uh, but we'll see what happens. But mainly I just want to wish Mark Marquez a speedy recovery, uh, and hopefully we'll see him. There's a really good chance he does not race Argentina and Coda um, because they're back-to-back weekends. Um, but if he does that, I think his championship charge is over this year. Yeah. Um, but really, I don't know that it was ever started because he he didn't look like he was going to win in the dry in Qatar anyway. You know, he was fifth. So maybe maybe this wasn't the year. Maybe he's not quite back. But that that last accident didn't help him get back to full fitness. So right, hundred percent. We'll we'll see. Um, yeah. Uh, what else, Bo? What else have we forgotten to cover tonight? Oh, I'm sure we'll think about it tomorrow, but uh, I think this might be a good stopping point. I mean, we've talked quite a bit about um, about everyone. I think uh, you know we left out a few folks, but nothing really to, to nothing really groundbreaking there. I think another top yeah. ten from Alicia Spargaro. So I think the Aprilia is on the right direction, and you know, kudos to yeah. Alicia for for getting up there and sticking it with Brad Bender and both Darren Bender. I think it's an important finish that Aprilia stays inside that top ten and. Um, you know, good for the manufacturer battle. It keeps it fresh. It keeps keeps a lot of variety there for us. Agreed. I, I think it, I think you're right. I think uh, Apri is on the right track. They're moving forward. Uh, I'm interested to see how Yamaha does in Argentina. Yeah, we're gonna find out. Um, like you said, there's some there's some chances there for the power of those bikes to really take hold. And you know, if if Fabio gets behind those Ducatis and those Suzukis. It's going to be tough for him to overtake, especially we know he has the front tire overheating problem as well. Yeah, he'll have to get creative, that's for sure, if he gets caught behind yeah. the Ducati. And that could cause him to override the bike. But, you know, that's not that's not Quattararo's MO. He's done really well bringing the bike home most every week. So, you know, we'll see. But I guess uh, for everybody out there, you know, hey, listen, if you're not following us on social media, please do. We're parked in turn one at parked in turn one and, and uh, 
on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, Parked and Turn One, the number one. And uh, we'd love to see you follow us. We put up some stuff every now and then. Uh, I've tried to be a little more consistent with that. Social media is not really my forte, but we try to be a little better. Um, and if you're out there riding this weekend or on the road, hey, keep the shiny side up, that rubber side down. Stay safe out there. I'm Captain Novice uh, saying good night with my man, Bo. Night, guys. We will see you after Argentina. <laughs>